Hey, everybody. Hello. Uh, how are we doing today? Rajesh? Happy I'm doing pretty... Oh, sorry. I thought you were asking the audience. I was like... Oh, you okay. were trying to be the audience? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm doing pretty good. I'm... It's a Sunday. It's a Sunday? It's a, it's a traditional festival for my culture. Oh, my God. Um, What's the festival? Pongo. It's a, okay. it's a harvest festival. And that's when, like, people just... Uh, they take out the crops and get the food. And we're like, whoa, this is so cool, guys. And then we eat the food. And we have a good time. Awesome. Yummy. At least that's a very... Um, a bridge version. Mm, okay. It's a bridge version. It's um, rudimentary. Hey, you sure, can't speak yet. We haven't introduced him. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you? What do you think you're doing sorry, talking sorry, to sorry, him? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, like today, <laughs> as you can tell, there's a new voice in the stew. <gasps> We're not letting this be a thing. <laughs> I know. I, I guys, I keep trying to say stew instead of studio. What? Oh my little, god! No. Make it no, a little sorry. shortened version. Okay, okay, okay. If you haven't seen our last episode, or listened to our last episode, Moral Dilemmas. Moral Dilemmas. Please check that out. It was super fun, super stressful. Anyways, um, welcome to Diving Deep. We're on Brajesh. And I'm Kirti. And this is where we talk about topics in society that are often overlooked. You ate that up. Hell yeah. Give me a high five. Boom. Yep. Okay. Usually, I told him before this, don't mess up the intro. And I didn't. So... So yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyways <laughs> let's get to the point we have a new voice in the studio today as i was trying to say uh it's my brother bapesh i need to be enthusiastic <laughs> do it again <laughs> um it's the one and only <laughs> the one and only <laughs> it's just me guys <laughs> I'm doing good. Doing good. Yeah. Fantastic. That's we are really. ready to talk about his medical journey today. Oh boy. Yeah. I feel like that's the wrong way to put it. It sounds know. like he's like his he's like ill. It's it's like it's like yeah, it's like he went to surgery, but yeah, yeah no. No. Yeah. He's just trying <laughs> to be a <laughs> <laughs> He's almost there. He's, to <laughs> he's trying to be a doctor. Yeah, that's what he is. So I guess journey into medicine, really. Yeah. And I feel like this sense. could be helpful for some people yeah. who are trying to get into that field. Yeah, yeah hopefully. So, I kind of want to start off with, why do you want to talk about this? Hmm. There's a lot of reasons to talk uh, for this, because there's a lot of audience in, mm. in uh, reception for this. <laughs> they do Sorry. need uh, advice every now and then. Mm -hmm. And the, mm. the biggest issue that people have is there's too many um, sources of information. Mm. And I feel like as a person who has gone through every single path in the last two years, my, uh, I guess, voice for now would be useful for maybe... A year or two and then it'll change again so mm. it's always ever-changing and nobody's advice from 10 years ago is useful right now so that's how the field is wow. Damn. That's a wise crazy. guy <laughs> how old are you again yeah. i am 23 and okay. turning 24 in two months yeah happy, happy early birthday <laughs> thank you and where are you in your journey right now like what, what's what are you taking i feel like my journey just hit a restart and I'm in, uh, I'm in a cycle back or square one step because uh, I had a huge process to getting to med school. And now that I'm in med school, I feel like I'm back in high school again. Oh. Um, because, <laughs> I mean, you can take it both ways, right? 
Because one way it's like um, your life presents with a lot of opportunities once again. Mm. You can be whatever type of doctor you want to be. You mm. can be in whatever field you want to be. On the other hand, you have to study, of course, for the next God knows how many years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what? Well, let's like go to the past. <laughs> That's this uh, rewind noise. Maybe we should have a sound effect instead. So let's rewind mm-hmm. to when you were in high school. Mm-hmm. Did you know in high school that you wanted to be a doctor? Actually, no. I would say strongly no, because when I did come here, I did come with the intention of being a petroleum engineer oh. uh, in Alberta. That took a switch. turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I did come in during the boom phase of Alberta, 2014, mm. I think, right, Bajish? Sure. I think Bajish knows best. <laughs> because I think it was You were like 11 or something, weren't yeah. you? Yeah, <laughs> he was in grade 5 and I was in grade 10. Yeah. Um, and uh, we did come in the, the best phase, like at least post- 2014, we had a huge recession, mm-hmm. but people are mostly interested in like oil fields. You know, it was not more sustainable sort of culture. It's more like let's drill sand, let's get the petroleum out, let's ship it out, and things like that. Let's get some money. Yeah. So mm-hmm. petroleum engineering was a um, a key interest for me because in Qatar, where we did stay for ten years, that was again a petroleum field. And when I did come here, it's again a petroleum field. So I was like, maybe it's written that I should be in a petroleum field yeah. altogether. So I was oh, like, let's yeah, go do I this. See. You know? Okay. But did you actually care about it? Like, um, what were you actually interested in? Or were you in? just in there for the money? Like, uh, so the petroleum field. To be honest, I had no clue as to <laughs> how a job or adult life looks like. Mm. So I just know that it sounds official <laughs> enough that you know I can get by if a pe- person okay. asks me. What are you doing? I'm like petroleum engineer. They won't bother me anymore, right? <laughs> like, if I'm like, oh, oh I'm, a, I'm yeah. a journalist for the Al Jazeera national company or something like that, you'd be like, where are you? What are you working? I'm like, yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. So I just did what the herd did. So okay. I chose that, and it was not like I chosen it. It's like I went through the process. I just went with the flow, mm-hmm. and then I had a shift when I did my course mm. um, in biology. I think. Mm. When um, the prof was like, today we're going to dissect a frog's eye. And I was like... That's when you were like, you want to be a doctor? (laughs) 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 He was like, wow, I'm going to dissect an eye. I would say uh, it wasn't the moment when I wanted to be like, oh, I want to dissect people for a living like that. But (laughs) it was more so like I was fascinated by it Mm. because um, it's something I couldn't, uh, I could relate with. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Because... I cannot relate in a more microscopic, like, let's say you're seeing a, a cell in a microscope. I cannot relate to an onion peel. I mm. cannot. But I can relate to an eye because everybody has an eye. So yeah. I was like, you yeah, know what? That's kind of interesting. I can, I can, I've seen it and now I'm seeing it from the more in-depth and I understand it better. Mm. This is what my ideology was. And when I threw that ideology in petroleum engineering, I'm like, how do I relate to a machine that I have no idea about? Mm. Be- you know, I haven't seen... Uh, oil pump drill or a, a huge barrel that calibrates pressure mm-hmm. i haven't seen all those things so i wanted to do or be in a field where i can relate mm. and i related to the eye and mm. i related to the subject itself which i took in a summer course mm. it wasn't even ib it wasn't any of yeah, the normal yeah. year it was just a summer course yeah. and i was like mm. dude this summer course is more beneficial to me <laughs> than all of ib i'm like wow this is so just cool. ridiculous oh. four weeks and it changed my life yeah wow oh. Wow, that's what a cool. beautiful story. Yeah, okay, so, so once you figured out, like, yo, biology is kind of cool. Mm. So, like, what did you, what was your next step? Like, did you, like, were you, like, set on 
being a doctor or what did you try to do after that um i again i didn't choose to be a doctor after that mm-hmm. so i knew that biology is something i can hold on to mm-hmm. and that is how i would say like if, when you're choosing a career or a path mm-hmm. right you're trying to sense in you think about yourself like a blind man and you're trying to sense what is comfortable for you if you find something comfortable in a world full of uh darkness and um fear mm-hmm. you will hold on to it and you won't let it go until you find something more comforting Oh. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. That's so, cool. so that's a good way to look at it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that's basically what my ideology was. I like this anatomy more than anything other any other subject yeah. and I can relate more to it. So why not study anatomy? That's right. my basis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? So I was like let, let me learn more about I. Uh, let me learn more about anatomy of the human body. How mm-hmm. difficult can it be? It was difficult. <laughs> truly difficult. Mm-hmm. But I I was interested in it. Yeah. If you ask me a muscle name origin insertion and function maybe I cannot. But mm. I do love it because when people say, "Oh, this is hurting. That is hurting. My leg is hurting. My head is hurting." Yeah. I'm like, "No, it's not. <laughs> What oh. is exactly hurting?" Your <laughs> <laughs> whole leg is not hurting. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I think it's beneficial in many ways because now you just like, I don't know, you have this deeper sense of knowledge that a lot of people really don't, and you learn so much about not only other people's bodies but your own. Yeah. And I think that's really it's interesting when it's actually something like you said you relate to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like cuz you see this every day like you're like you're living the life, right? Mm-hmm. And you're always like around this around your body, you're around other people. Yeah. So I think it's a very like it's definitely a vulnerable intimate field, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool that way. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Did you find any pressure to choose a career at a young age like like as like the the sooner you figured it out the better. Oh, 100%. I think that's something I've been feeling since what like grade 5, 6, 7 even. Oh, really? Like yeah, I think especially in our culture and um our families we come from, it's just like the overwhelming feeling that not just your parents but your whole family and your grand family mm-hmm. and your aunts, brothers, sisters, everybody's like, "Hey, mm-hmm. you got to be a doctor." And I'm like, I don't know if I can. I can't even mm-hmm. make it through Uh, like undergrad with a good GPA <laughs> yeah. and I'm like I, I, I don't think according to Canadian standards I can ever be a doctor yeah. no freaking mm. way so I didn't feel too good about that because these guys have a hope and people started calling me a doctor before I even got into second year of um oh. undergrad oh. okay they don't know the situation they're like oh doctor I'm like no I'm not <laughs> trust yeah. me I'm not I'm far from it so uh the pressure is real mm-hmm. and there will be pressure for every single individual who can relate to my story there will be a pressure but it's how you navigate the pressure yeah sure doctor fine but what field do you want to be specializing in mm-hmm. do you relate to the any part of the doctor field right mm-hmm. do you relate to i don't know um pediatric uh, psychology maybe mm-hmm. that is a doctor but nobody thinks of it as a doctor right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so uh you have to relate to the field and be passionate about it yeah. the world will say a thousand things at the end of the day you're going to be doing a job for the next 50 years or so mm-hmm. right so you want to be happy you know happy at work and happy when you come back home that's the balance yeah if you're going to be disappointed at work and just grinding through a 9 to 5 and you come back and you're like ah oh, i'm finally happy Your half your life is done yeah. in this field. So. Yeah, you're going to spend a lot of time in that job. You exactly. might as well enjoy it. Might as well enjoy it, right? Yeah. So, choose that. Yeah. Okay, so like, so after 
after like you, you you took biology and you were interested in it like like how like how did you explore that again like like did you go to university thinking that okay i'm going to choose something that's going to be biology specific or like yeah what did you do and and did that, did that work like did you actually figure out like what you were interested in yeah so again i tag along that comfort zone of biology and i was yeah. like uh let me choose something related to human anatomy yeah. because i don't i'm not related to, I'm, i don't want to be a veterinarian that's much mm-hmm. i know because i'm not too good with cats or dogs already so i'm mm-hmm. like that's not gonna work for me so um i chose human anatomy and kinesiology and exercise physiology that's the courses that was and the degree that was mm-hmm. and um the re- the second reason i chose that is because i wanted to, it to be a good job for me to settle down on in case i don't succeed in life that's the thing that's the thing right yeah. Yeah. if i don't get into masters which is quite a possibility from what i know about myself mm-hmm. i want to know if i can live by myself with the job through this degree because if you take a, let's say a general science not to down anybody but with who i am i know that i cannot survive off a general science and if the slim chances happens that i don't have a good gpa or something to move on unfortunately that's how life is you need to have a good gpa to move on to masters or something like that mm-hmm. and i don't have it now i'm stranded mm-hmm. now my lifeline is not going to take me any further than that mm-hmm. so when you choose to hold on to something your passion or something you want to know if it is going to help you be stable at least mm-hmm. and then pushing you forward that is the that's the bonus yeah right so uh, yeah so passionate about human physiology and um it was a not a, not a bad job actually yeah. so that's how i uh, did a placement in um exercise therapy as in wcb and um i worked there for a year and um i hated every moment of it <laughs> <laughs> how <laughs> awesome i would say every moment but most of it because it was during covid oh. so it was everything that i wanted was that physical and like teaching people and like assessing people in physical became online and now i'm mm. talking with every single individual 9 to 5 online in a computer and that's I'm an exercise physiologist mm. so yeah you're supposed to like work with like muscles and bodies mm, and stuff yeah. precisely like hey yo could you just do some push-ups you're supposed to be physical yeah. <laughs> like physically yeah. that's why I chose the job that I uh, um that is for this away from computer Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. Right? So I was like, there's no way this is going to be yeah. virtual. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, God damn. What is it? Yeah, what are the chances? <laughs> what are the chances? I think the worst case scenario was when we had a translator on board in a virtual chat with yeah. a oh. with a individual. So I have to speak, the translator has to speak and then he has to tell the patient. Yeah. The patient has to speak and the translator has to speak and then I have to know. So if yeah. I'm telling move your leg to the left, it's like it's a move your leg to the left twice. And yeah. Then, yeah. And then it's oh, it's too process. painful doc and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> What a process. Yeah. That's a 3 hour assessment. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh wow. So after your undergraduate mm-hmm. what what was your position there and did were you like okay I'm in a good spot let's go to doctor now or were you like I'm I'm good with this or like w- w- what was your what was your position basically after your undergraduate degree How were you feeling yeah. what were you planning to do Yeah Um undergrad itself was uh, the most difficult and challenging time of my life in especially in my career I would mm-hmm. say and this is me talking after a year in medicine Mm-hmm. So, oh, do wow. have understanding that. Makes that makes me feel great <laughs> yeah, <laughs> being exactly. undergrad. So, undergrad is the most challenging time for me. Um and uh, when I was transitioning, 
and I was in uh, WCB um, being an excess therapist. Mind you, it paid quite well. Hmm. I had fantastic benefits. I was having a full-time job, and I, uh, the, the job was close to my mom's place, so I could drop her, and you know, it was everything yeah. was working fantastic. If any other individual was in my place, he wouldn't do what I did. I can guarantee you this much because it was way too comfortable. Mm. All right. Again, we're holding on to the comfortable line. Yeah. And this is the most comfort you can get with this position or this degree. I can guarantee you in all of Alberta, this is the most comfort you can get. Now, I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. I'm not happy at all of being a nine to five job uh, day in, day out. They give me overtime mm. and I'm getting double the money. I'm still not happy. My mom would notice that mm-hmm. because you're not happy. I'm like, of course I'm not because I'm not feeling like I'm treating anybody. Mm-hmm. I, I'm treating, but are they happy? Mm-hmm. Are they uh, recovering? Am I physically touching their uh, you know, injury? Uh, mm-hmm. Are they recovering? And am I seeing that process? I'm not seeing anything. Mm-hmm. There's a void in between me and my clients, and I hate that. I wanted it to be a physical experience where I get to see that, yeah, dog, you know, you helped me these many days. And I'm happier now. And I'm living better. Yeah. And that is the satisfaction you get with any that medical field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You get the satisfaction that, hey, doc, you did this. So I'm able to walk. Yeah. Right? yeah, right. That satisfaction was missing for me. So I was like, um, I need to apply to something masters. Yeah. I need to because this is not working for me. And this was the best as it could get. So I chose physio hmm. and um, I applied to, in all over Canada. I applied to chiropractic schools all over Canada. I applied to med schools and I couldn't apply in U of A mm. because they wouldn't let me because mm. my GPA wasn't cutting enough. Wow. So that's uh, the reality of it that I applied everywhere in Canada. Physio schools didn't uh, respond back. Yeah. Chiro schools had one uh, shortlisted interview and they rejected me. Mm. So this was uh, while I was processing this. Um, bear in mind that I had to do MCAT twice to get into this state. Yeah. So it was a huge um, uh, effort that I put in to just come to this level, just to apply. Yeah. And when nothing applies and when you get rejected from everything, you're at a circle again and you're like, holy smokes, what, what, do, what, does, what do I do in life? Yeah. I'm yeah. stuck in this job, I'm not satisfied, yeah. and my time is moving, and everybody graduated. And you're not being like accept, accepted or anything yeah. that you want. Yeah. You're in a spiral, and you're in the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, so now you've got to reinvent yourself, yeah. think from a different point of view. That's when Australia hit me up, mm. and I'm like, let's try applying to anywhere except America. <laughs> um, and see how it goes. Yeah, you started hitting up Australia. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, wait. Before we get to the Australia portion, mm-hmm. how do you deal with all of that emotionally? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the whole, I don't know, you're getting rejected left and right, and it's like, you're like, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's the, that's the cool part, getting rejected, I would say. Getting criticized, getting rejected, saying that you're not good enough, that's the... Moments of, uh, oh, shoot, let's just step back and look at it a bit mm-hmm. better. Because it's not the first time I've been rejected. I knew in going in that there are people better than me who um, uh, deserve the medical seat better than me. Yeah. Guaranteed. I knew it. I'm not getting in. There's always going to be someone better. There's always somebody better, right? So my uh, um, token, or I would say just a chance or application into this pool of applicants it's with the slimmest of chance and with the slimmest of hope, mm-hmm. not with the entirety of my heart in it. You cannot apply to any, even a job interview, let's say. 
with your entire heart in it and I'm like, oh no, I got rejected, I'm crushed. You gotta you gotta give it with you know like a you know like a fishing stick and a bait, right? Mm-hmm. Throw it in, if it pulls not, just pack it up and leave and go somewhere else. Right? <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the idea there. And um coming in I, I would say that uh, even all through undergrad or undergrad be it uh, school, I've been rejected multiple times for many positions, jobs, volunteering opportunities, teams, uh, games, a lot of things. So you got to draw back to those experiences and be like, rejection is not something new. It is for you to rethink how to reapply yourself. That's it. You being not good enough for something is just a person's perspective, mm-hmm. not your... Um, not reality. Not reality and not a judgment of who you are actually. Yeah. The judgment of who you are actually is going to be made finally by you and you only. Mm-hmm. If you think you're not good enough for something, that's the end of the line. Mm-hmm. And as long as you think you can do this, you know, um, you can do it. Simple. Yeah. And my biggest push factor was seeing that people um, from Qatar, I wouldn't name anybody, but uh, who I know aren't studious, who mm-hmm. I know aren't deserving, mm-hmm. who I know <laughs> Oh, are, he's really are not uh, are not like you know uh, the brightest of minds are getting in mm-hmm. are being happy and are surviving mm-hmm. why am I struggling mm-hmm. why is this continent being so ruthless to yeah. people like and ins- inspiring people yeah it's probably frustrating right so um, I just thought that if if they can make it I can make it and Real. I need to make it yeah. <laughs> simple as that and reapply and pick up your bait and fishing stick and apply in a different pond across the lake and there mm-hmm. you go the, the, the australia thing too is not a guarantee thing this mm-hmm. was me applying with the slimmest of hopes that i may get it mm-hmm. not that oh i'm going to definitely get it australia yeah. because it's much more easier there mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. it is hard it is hard everybody who got rejected in canada is applying in usa ireland uk australia and everywhere else. Mm-hmm. So those pool of applicants who are going international, they're a competitor still, and they're A-grade levels. They're the smartest of the smart bunch. Mm. I'm not smart. That is the thing. Like, Pujesh is smarter than me. That's the deal. Pause. I think we're all smart. There's no, uh, he's just really modest. No, that's the <laughs> no, thing. He's modest, right? So that's what I was like, you know, um, if someone has a chance, it's mm-hmm. not me. So let's just try. What's the what's the wrong? There's no harm in trying. No wrong, no no harm in trying. So I tried. That's the end of the story, right? Mm-hmm. And then everything worked out. So um, it's all a a luck, I would say. Like at the end of the day, mm. but give, not giving up is what you can do. Mm-hmm. Everybody has that power. Don't give up. Mm-hmm. Just keep trying. People say that you know, don't give up, keep trying, blah blah blah. But in medicine, you <laughs> <laughs> you really gotta <laughs> you really have to. no choice. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Like like you and you don't have a. You don't have a choice in like whether you get rejected or not, but you have a choice in applying, mm. right? Yeah. So that's yeah. What, so you gotta always just keep the doors open and just apply to what you can, and then mm-hmm. what works, what works. Yeah, I think I will. I will take a moment to say that there are a few students in undergrad who were having a fantastic GPA, who had a fantastic MCAT marks, who are an all-rounded personality, but they were afraid to apply to mm. universities in Canada, and I would question them: Why are you so afraid of applying? What goes in? facing the rejection, what it is mm-hmm. that fears you. I wouldn't understand that. I would even tell them, apply to Australia. It is free. Mm-hmm. You and I can apply. Anybody can apply. Apply, brother. Why is it so hard? No, I'm just waiting for the right chance. It's almost like they're self-limiting themselves because they think they're not good enough. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, 
believe in yourself and apply. What calls in application, man? It's not yeah. a final you know, certificate saying that, oh, I signed my life away to this field. Yeah. No. Even if you get the offer, you can reject it. Forget yeah. about it. Apply. <laughs> right? yeah. Seriously, what's so hard? And these guys didn't apply. And they stayed and do the master's program or research in whatever field. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, they look at me and they're like, oh, this guy got in. And like, yeah, that's me when I was looking at people from India. Like, you yeah. know, you're getting in. I'm like, what's going on, right? So it's just a cycle. Yeah. yeah. If you stay in this circle of mm-hmm. just your own comfort, like you were saying, and mm-hmm. don't reach outside of that. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people are just, it's also the the part of it that's like moving away mm-hmm. is a big thing too. Yeah. Like Australia, that's oh, yeah. far away from us. Yeah. yeah. And it is probably really scary to even think like, oh, if yeah. I get in. I'm gonna have to go. Yeah, that's <laughs> if, like I, if I really make that choice, right? yeah, and, and it like, is uncomfortable. Another thing is also scary. Just, yeah, and another thing also just like um, some people also just have this fear of rejection, like mm. a lot of like mm-hmm. a huge fear, like a surmountable like mm. I can't even handle rejection kind of thing. Yeah, which which is important to like to address because it's like whether that's like a personal thing or like a traumatic thing, whatever. Like you gotta you gotta address that first because that's what's restricting you from. From going through like yeah. to to get to any option, right? Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wh- whatever you're gonna get, you're gonna get only by trying. Yeah, because in a lot of ways, I think rejection can be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. if I'm thinking about it too, I know you probably you like the weather in Australia. That's all I know about <laughs> you liking Australia. It's but wonderful. you like Australia, okay? Yeah. Yeah. If you hadn't got rejected mm-hmm. all those times, you never would have had the opportunity to actually mm-hmm. like go over there. Like that's it a that's a crazy opportunity to go to uh-huh. Australia and study. Like that's mm-hmm. that's so cool. Yeah. So the rejection was almost beneficial in that way. There's a lot of things the rejection was beneficial in yeah. a lot. And uh, you say weather is good. You know, the one factor that drove me from Edmonton is not just the weather, but me thinking that if I can go in a bus, in a train to university for undergrad for four years in freezing negative 40, I can survive anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's, be, let's face it. Bijish and I have traveled in a bus. And I think to Bijish, after coming back from Australia, I was like, I used to do this four years? <laughs> oh I couldn't gosh. believe it. Yeah. Right? So that ruthless factor that Edmonton has has you know, strengthened your ability to travel and, tra- sure. you know, transport yourself. The other factor is that, like my dad says, is that whether you're an hour away in another city or 35 hours away in another continent, it doesn't matter if you're away from this home. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You're in a different home or a different room that is away from this home. Mm-hmm. You're gone. It's, it doesn't matter. So reach out to the furthest end of the globe if you have to. But... Do what you're passionate about, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't say that. He didn't tell me like, oh, just go for a doctor anywhere in this world. No, he said, if you're passionate about it and you really strive for this and this is what will make you happy, then go to wherever it takes you mm-hmm. and just do it, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, that makes sense. If it's 35 hours or one hour, I'm away from this home. It doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. For me, if I'm away from this house and this family, doesn't matter where I am in this world. Like it's mm-hmm. the same feeling, I guess. It's the same feeling, mm-hmm. you know. Me living by myself in maybe like um, in north of Edmonton, it's the same feeling as me living in Australia. It's all separate. Mm-hmm. So that that's what I held on to because me thinking that I'm in a different continent altogether, all alone, is just a weird way of phrasing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and sometimes when you're in a dorm and you're looking at the ceiling, listening to deep dive podcasts, and you're thinking, <laughs> oh God, I could be in Edmonton. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you'll be like, oh yeah, that it does feel a lot of long farther away, yeah. But I I want to take a well moment to uh, talk a bit about rejection. 
because okay. um, for me, I line rejection and criticism along the same line uh, because that's how I process it. So um, if you get rejected or criticized, uh, for me, it is um, uh, a signal for you to improve yourself mm. in some manner or reapply yourself in some manner. So I was reading a book and this guy, he's a surgeon um, and he's been a surgeon for many years and he's a fantastic writer. And he told me that there's this prolific um, uh, surgeon who has 50 years of experience in uh, knee transplantations. Mm -hmm. And um, he's fantastic at it in, in New York, uh, John Hopkins University. Mm -hmm. Fantastic at it. Now, uh, this uh, individual started making mistakes in his career and his uh, operations started being, you know, uh, failures. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is in, in the later end of his career. He's yeah. doing fantastic. It's not like he was having Alzheimer's or, you know, Parkinson's because that, that's why he was doing a failing a surgery. But somehow something was going wrong that it was failing post-op. Yeah. And uh, he didn't know what to do. And he was the best at what he does. So he didn't know who to yeah. ask. Mm -hmm. Now, <laughs> he's like, um, let me get a couple of interns to take notes on what my surgery is. And let me ask them to criticize yeah. my surgery. Uh, he did a surgery in front of the couple of interns and he felt that that was his best surgery ever because now he's under supervision. He's doing a fantastic surgery, wrapping it all up, skin tight, everything is fantastic. He's done. Mm -hmm. And it's like, so how was that? And like the interns are like having a page full of, you know, errors wow. that <laughs> yeah. they noted. Yeah. And he went through it and he's like, holy God, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. And it was just life changing for him. So he learned from those mistakes and those criticisms, mm -hmm. right? That it's not, you take it to heart that, oh, how can I be wrong? But it's more so, how can I be better, right? Yeah. So you take this criticism and you're like, okay, let me reapply and make myself better. He did, and the page got short in the next one. Mm -hmm. And page got shorter in the next one and became a paragraph on line in the fifth and sixth surgery. Right. Mm -hmm. Then he's back to what he was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's a better surgeon now again. Not because they taught him something, but they helped him and pushed him to improve himself. Yeah. And that is where all these job, you know, rejections or your um, even family rejections or whatever it is mm -hmm. in your life. Just rethink, reapply yourself and see if it works out. Yeah. Because don't think of it as a dead end, but a open door for you to walk through to get to the next room. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's yeah. as simple as that is. So. Yeah. You can probably go just but two ways mm -hmm. and just either take it to heart completely and take it to your ego. Yeah. Or you can actually just think about it for a second and feel like, hey, I can be better than this. Yeah. And if you take that other route, then then it's like you're probably going to stop trying altogether. Yeah. Exactly. And that's where you reach that dead end, like you were saying. Yeah, it's about like, I think it's also about being detached from from those criticisms. Because mm -hmm. oftentimes you're like, like they're not attacking like like my, my actions. They're attacking me, who I am. They're attacking like like my capabilities of anything. But yeah. it's important to detach yourself from this whole thing and look at it from like a third person and be like, okay, what are they actually trying to say here? Mm -hmm. Just remove yourself from it. And then They're not yeah. trying to make a comment about who you are as a yeah. person, mm. but only just yeah. like what you're doing. Yeah. Because it's also hard to reject people. It's hard to like to say you're bad at this. Yeah. You know? It's not easy to like to say someone's making a mistake and it takes a lot of like it takes courage to say that. Mm -hmm. And it also takes courage to receive that too. Mm. So yeah. it goes both ways. Yeah. That's that's pretty much how FIFA was like. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, oh, the coach always is rough. reminding the players what yeah. they're doing wrong and what yeah. not. But mm -hmm. if you don't receive your feedback from your team members, you never know what's going wrong. You know, yeah. you gotta communicate, gotta do better, 
and then refine yourself and reapply, and then you'll probably get the medal. Yeah, you become yeah. like Argentina. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go, Argentina. Messi. <laughs> All right, now I feel like we're we want to talk about Australia. Yeah. The journey to Australia. Because <laughs> yeah. I am so curious about I don't know the I don't know like stress levels first of all, mm-hmm. and also just like adjusting to a completely different place. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, like not minus forty. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> You're really stuck up on the weather thing. <laughs> I am. I am. So, I, it's like, dang. I'm really struggling here. <laughs> are you native? Like, are you born here? I was born here and everything. Yeah. And you hate the minus 40? Yeah, you know, I don't care how many years I've gone through it. I will never get used yeah, to it. Okay. Every year, you're just like, oh, this is <laughs> Yeah, it's like, I'm just sick of this. Yeah. No, it was it truly, the weather was splendid. The beaches were amazing. The sunsets are the most gorgeous. Uh, it's, it's all fantastic. Why did you ask this question? God, I don't even want to listen to it. <laughs> yes. uh, it's all great in what they say. Um, and uh, the, the issue is where you stay. Right. Yeah. Let's say you stay in the cities. You have to not worry about like transportation. Everything is close by. You got clubs. You got bars. You got shopping malls and whatnot. But if you're in the more like you know, um, let's say the Leduc of um, Australia, <laughs> then you you know you got to be like oh. Oh, I gotta climb like three hills to get to my floor or something like yeah. that. Right? <laughs> it's so damn hilly. It's so <laughs> hilly. I kid you not. Like I got a photo of myself carrying a, the grocery bag up um, a hill, and at one point it looked like me from you know Smooth Criminal in Michael Jackson, like just leaning down. <laughs> That's how hilly it was. I kid you not. Oh my gosh. And uh, you're like, am I supposed to do this every single day for the next yeah. ten months? Yeah. And uh. As a as a exercise therapist, I can actually see that my diameter of my thigh has become bigger <laughs> with the ten months of training, and it's just crazy. Yeah. I'm not even intending to train my thighs; and it's like getting bigger. I'm like you, like you're like a cyclist <laughs> up the hill. So it's fantastic if you want to do that. It's got a lot of mountains and things like that. Yeah. But that comes to drawbacks, which is the crazy weather. <laughs> they don't tell you about this. You think it's all like Wakanda and like peaceful? <laughs> nah, 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 nah. nah. So they got like crazy stormy weather and I'm talking floods, hurricane style, storm style. All right. So I was in my dorm and this one day (laughs) there was this hurricane magician. My whole family was talking to me in a webcam. I I was looking at them. I was like, wait a second. Is that a whole freaking tree that got uprooted and like swirling in the wind? Are you kidding me? I kid you not. It was like four to five trees were just like falling down. A whole branch was spinning in the air. Flowers are going away. I'm like, is this the end? (laughs) (laughs) Probably the end. As I'm talking, I'm like, mom, so far, it's fine. It's just a couple of trees that are going down. And then I look and it's like, the water is pouring into my room. And it's just (gasps) not flooding. It's just water forcing itself (laughs) to my room. I'm like... Hold on a second. Let me just take these two cups and place it over here. The cup started filling and then it started spilling into my electric circuit. Oh, I'm like, oh. Mom, just give me a hold. Let me call you back if I'm alive. <laughs> and then, you know, yeah. that's the sort oh. of weather it is. So, uh, from like, let's say from May to like November ish, every day was a, you know, you always look at how rainy it is. Yeah. It's like, is it, is it a piss rain on your face sort of rain or is it like, <laughs> 
is it pouring on your rain or is it like a mist that just stays there? <laughs> what type of rain is it? What am I dealing with today? Do you breathe in this type of fog or something like that? So all this you look at and then you look at the UV index. You're like, because apparently there's a huge hole in Australia. It's the ozone. So you are like, you're either burnt <laughs> or you're not. So, I guess it's a hole. Like probably just like ozone. thinner. The ozone yeah. is thinner or yeah, maybe sure, it's a hole. I have no yeah, idea, yeah, man. Yeah. And I step out and I'm like, how do I go against this weather? Yeah. Do I wear a hoodie and an umbrella all the time? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I hate the unpredictability of the weather over there. Mm-hmm. Like it's stable here. You have six feet of snow and shut up. That's it. <laughs> right? Uh, over there, it's like anything can happen at any point. Yeah. So. I mean, I also heard like the rain there is also like r- rare. Like it, it would just happen like it happens every couple of like nine years or something like that. But Really? Uh, no. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> Dude, even now, like yeah. uh, like my my friend who came from Sydney, he's a yeah. he's my uh, friend in yeah. uh, uh, Adelaide. He said that his house caught on fire in January, and so half his house is under reconstruction. Mm-hmm. He went back during the July break, and he came back, and he said, "Oh, the house is finished, and it's all fantastic." Mm-hmm. He came back. There was a flooding in the house. And now his house is again under reconstruction. Mm-hmm. The entire year, his family has been living on one half of the house because of flooding and forest fires. Like, think about oh, that yeah. for a second, right? So it is very unpredictable Dang. because 95% of the population in Australia lives along the coastal side. And there's a huge desert in the middle, the mm-hmm. size of Canada, that is not occupied, that is dead, that is extremely oh. hot and arid. Mm-hmm. So you cannot occupy that at all. And you're just living on the faint hope that I don't get flooded or there's no tsunami that yeah. comes along. That is all you have, you know. But it's fantastic otherwise. Then you, can, you know, when it's peaceful, you know, you can yeah. just look at you, take your margarita or whatever. Yeah. Oh, that's a good sunset. That's a good day today. Yeah, yeah but that's, that's nice. And then there's, the, of course, all the animals that want to hunt you down. And, yeah, you know, that's what I want to sit down and talk about. <laughs> okay, let's get comfortable here, guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> Tell me, what? how many legs matter to you? <laughs> how often... Mm. Okay, hold on. Wait, wait, I didn't even think about this before. Do you see huge spiders over there? Are there spiders everywhere? One hundo. <laughs> like, in your house? Yeah. All the time? I will answer every question in detail, but I'm just saying yes or no to these questions okay, right now. Okay, okay, okay. The yeah. big ones? <laughs> Have you seen a kangaroo? I haven't seen one in the wild, but yeah, I have. Uh, no, actually, my friend has. I've seen an Instagram, but it is there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably should specified in Australia, right in front of you. Have you seen a kangaroo? Um, no, not me, but my friend has, and he lives okay. by with me. Okay, what's the scariest looking spider you've ever seen? <laughs> uh, they named the spiders over there. That's how used to they are with the spiders mm. in the oh. building. So there was one out, like you know, you're going down like four floors of something, mm-hmm. and then one of the floors has a spider just sticking in the middle, and you're like, whoa, what was that? And so that's the sort of spider there is, and it's huge, bro. Yeah. Uh, oh. I was like, I was like, uh, somebody's gonna take care of that? Like, what's the <laughs> and so they did a Facebook update on this, uh, you know, post where everybody lives in the dorm. They're like, hey, Marco is back. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, <laughs> yo! I ain't no one no Marco next to me. 
then they said, "Don't disturb Marco. He eats the other non-infectious, uh, in- or sorry, um, uh, poisonous spiders or poisonous insects. So leave Marco alone, will you?" And I'm like, "Oh my lord! I'm leaving the whole staircase alone. Don't worry about it. I'm never coming through this way." So yeah, uh, they have their own spiders that they're native to wherever no. you live. They have their own snakes that they're native to where you live, oh and they would often gosh. put it like whenever it's like. You know the season where it comes out, they just put a like a signpost, a stick it in the ground, and be like snakes crossing, watch out. And I'm like snakes <laughs> crossing, crossing where? <laughs> 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 so I would just be like, okay, I'll be cautious about the snakes. But the worst case was when I was like uh, just walking down the aisle, uh, I mean the street to my room, yeah. and I heard, and I'm like, that's nothing. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. <laughs> that's nothing and then I, just, I just walked back to my room and I was just looking at Facebook and again here's the post hey everybody Uncle George is back like, whatever like, whatever I'm like yo you better tell Uncle George to go somewhere because this is crazy I was literally thanks to Uncle George <laughs> So yeah, it's 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 around. It is alive, and the weird thing is, my campus is on top of a mountain and another mountain. This is my uh, dorm, and this is, and for the viewers who are listening, <laughs> the two mountains are separated by a bridge. All right, yeah. and there's the the classes in one side, and then my dorm on the other side. So when I'm walking from downhill from this place from one mountain to the bridge to the other, there is wilderness underneath the bridge. Throughout. it's a forest i kid you not it is a oh, big wow. forest right so you hear all sorts of <laughs> stuff, right and you gotta walk through the bravery of a <laughs> superman the <laughs> just be brave and walk through and when you get to the other side which is like this uh this hill again mm-hmm. you could see things in the dark which creeps the heck out of you mm-hmm. things that move fast like hella fast mm-hmm. and i'm talking like a koala bear like you know climbing up a tree or something like it just climbs so fast i'm like oh. holy smokes what was that <laughs> the worst story that i've ever heard was that my friend was jogging in the dark which he shouldn't have jogging <laughs> <laughs> in the dark why would you do that it's not canada all right relax on the jogging part so he's jogging and then something just moves and he's like okay i'm really mad i'm putting my airpods on or whatever and then and then he turns around this thing approaches him so fast like hop 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 and then approaches him and just he cannot see the uh, the figure at all and then it just looks two dead bold eyes looking at him at eye level in a human eye level and he's like he's just frozen in like a a deer you know and the thing looks at him blinks twice and just runs away and i'm like Ooh. what was that he's like it must be a kangaroo brother <laughs> like no so yeah everything is out there to hunt you or kill you right? oh, <laughs> but they're used to it they call it mozzies for mosquitoes or something yeah. like you know so easy yeah. that's just a little bit spidey bag it's a spider bite <laughs> call it with what it is right <laughs> I was cleaning up my room at the end of the year and I was like there shouldn't be any spiders anywhere because I have had a clean room the whole year and I moved my bed there it is next to my bed the entire year a spider was sitting right there I'm like oh, oh. I don't want to come back to this <laughs> ever again and I leave for two months <laughs> yep wow what a big like culture shock too I'm assuming mm-hmm. it's like a completely different part of the world you're talking about like you're 
your classes are all like on top of a mountain yeah. and I'm like whoa there's a bridge in between a wildlife it's everywhere like, it feels like a completely different yeah. different area something out of a movie it is it did look like something was like even when I entered the dorm I was like this has gotta be a joke this is not a dorm it's bricks on the wall I look like I'm in a, in a storage container and it's all wood everywhere. I'm like, okay, it must be like from 70s or something. Yeah. And it is from 70s. Oh. They haven't changed much. It's a very low-funded place. The way, place I stay, it's called Bedford Park Flinders University. Mm-hmm. And it's very low in funding, especially for the dorms and whatnot. The hospital is from the 70s. They haven't updated it. They have two taps, which has one for hot water and one for cold water. And somehow oh. they're completely normal to it, apparently. <sighs> they open the hot water for the boiling hot water, and they open the cold water, the freezing cold water. I'm like... <laughs> You know, there's a pipe that connects the water like, what together, about the right? right? Like, nah, this is super cool. You know, what if you want a cold water? I'm like, why don't you have normal water? <laughs> so it's all pretty nice that way. And, uh, you know, the the bridge is, of course, fantastic and whatnot. But I did surprisingly feel that it was all, like, Canadian. Yeah, really? It's, yeah, it's okay. crazy. Like, the people, the attitude, the, the mm. culture. It felt super, like, Edwardian style because they're laid back. Everything closes early. More like a retirement home, you know, style. So it was very, you know, peaceful. Like, if you want a vacation, come to Adelaide, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. That's nice. Wow. How's the food over there? Horrible. Oh, no way. (laughs) (laughs) So um, it depends what your cuisine is like. Mm -hmm. So my cuisine is not like their cuisine. So if you love jail food, so it's a <laughs> perfect yes. place is the dorm. They give you potatoes and, you know, whatever is non-seasoned because they don't like seasoning over there. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, pasta and what is this thing? It's, oh, uh, this is keeping my mind. It's like a fried chicken that is like flat. Um, Schnitzel. 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 It's a huge deal over there. They're like, oh, it's a schnitty night today. I'm like, it's a what? Schnitty night. All right. We're getting schnitzel today. So they get schnitzel for every sort of meat you want. And yeah, they pretty much hyped about that. They don't have a hot dog bun, apparently. They eat their hot dog in a bread. Oh. Yeah, so they just use a triangular portion of the bread, like a diagonally, yeah. and then they think it's normal, where yeah. I'm telling it's not. There's one <laughs> that we created for it. <laughs> like, use that! You know? <laughs> but no, uh, some parts of it is weird, you know? Like, if you want to have food, better make it yourself. Inflation is high over there, too, so oh. uh, it's expensive everywhere. But if you are into, like, you know, Asian cuisine and, like, you know... Um, um, mochi, I think. Hmm. Is it uh, green? Uh, yeah, yeah, mochi. Yeah, something or like matcha? That. Matcha, matcha. Mm. Matcha green tea. Uh, matcha uh, hot, uh, lava cake. That's <laughs> the one. loves matcha. Matcha lava cake is, uh, that's a good spot over there. <laughs> <laughs> I kid you not. But that sounds good though. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a matcha lava cake with uh, unlimited green tea mm. on unlimited? the side. Unlimited, right? I mean, you but pay for it. But, <laughs> but you, you pay for the spot. But that spot has like, you know, Japanese style, like, you know, dining tables mm. where you kneel down and you sit down yeah. and they pour things oh, for you. Oh, wow, that sounds kind of nice. It's like a nice spot, you know, like Krista. a... Yeah. Let's go. Booking your flight. Chewbacca. So yeah, it this does cuisines. I'm new there, so maybe I don't know much about the place. Mm. But so far, what I've noticed, spice is low, and I need to add every oh. single time. That's all. Mm. Right? So. Okay. Yeah. What were the 
Well, do you have any questions? I feel like yeah. I've been... No, okay, yeah. So, like, so after the weather and insects part, um, <laughs> <laughs> let's dive a little deeper. Like, yeah. like, so, so this is the first time you've been out of, like, home, like, mm. out of family. Oh, yeah. And, like, how was that experience about just, like, just moving out and being in a new spot with pretty much no one you know mm-hmm. and having to study medicine, which is one of, like, I think... Like, one of the most difficult things. Yeah. And now that you say that, it sounds super scary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. Because I was thinking about it, too. The like, idea of moving out to me. I did that. Okay. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> no, I, I, I tend, at first month, it was like I wasn't on vacation. I was like, holy smokes, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I got this uh, debt on me, <laughs> which I could use the money for whatever, you know, whatever it is. And just, yeah. you know, uh, spend time catching up with people who I don't know mm-hmm. and um, I guess it's like meeting new people yeah. that would yeah, be a better yeah. term so meeting new people and uh, exploring the place how much of your time permits before your intense coursework starts when the coursework starts rolling you know you're in a in a ball game that's constantly moving you're mm-hmm. like exam prep exam prep exam prep mm-hmm. and you're like okay I have no time for anything else anyways mm-hmm. that's the one thing that I found liberating was that you're in a, in a zone where your life is the one thing that matters the most and you can be selfish mm. for once. Mm. You can be absolutely selfish and nobody will say anything against it. Mm-hmm. If you're hungry, you want to eat, you can go eat. Mm-hmm. If you're not hungry, you don't want to eat, you don't have to eat. Yeah. <laughs> All right? Um, and if you want to sleep, you can sleep anytime. You want to do coursework, nobody's going to ask you any questions. Nobody's going to ask you about anything in your life. That's mm-hmm. the pro and that is the con. Nobody cares about you. That is not <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's it's all pros and cons. You you gotta understand that until you get a a set of friends like family over there, you're in a zone where you're like nobody knows you. Nobody cares if you're sick. Nobody cares. That's the reality of it. Yeah. That nobody cares if you're hungry. Hmm. No, nobody cares about anything about you. Yeah. You have to care about everything about yourself. Yeah. You wanna grab that light. You have to go switch it on yourself. <laughs> that is as simple as it is. So. The first month, it didn't hit me. Second month, it didn't hit me. Third month, I, when I was getting sick, I was like, mm. oh, this is new. Like, <laughs> I'm deadly sick. And there's nobody who cares about me. <laughs> yeah, you're just on your own. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, this is new. Yeah, so that's when I was like, this is rough, man. Like, living a life, I mean, like, I just put a lot of perspective in my thought that, mm-hmm. like, if I were to settle down in a place like this where I don't know anybody, like, living a life like that would be like tremendously challenging for me because I don't do social like isolation mm. especially when they put me in quarantine in COVID that's a whole other story but they put me in a quarantine in, in a in a seven day isolation um, dorm yeah. and I wasn't allowed to step foot outside and they gave me food and whatnot but it was a trash food <laughs> no one yeah. about, right? so they gave me that and I was sick and I had to do exam and I had to prep and I'm like this is the worst week of my life <laughs> and I've been through a lot <laughs> yeah. so that put a lot of perspective that I need to you know make sure I have a good social support at least or come back if I don't have one <laughs> so that's uh, the thing but once you do understand and once you get into the flow which I did mm-hmm. and this is something that didn't happen for me in undergrad yeah. I never got into a flow mm. because I would prioritize having to you know come back and you know do my chores as a, as a son or as a brother, whatever it is, I need to get back and do my other tasks. Here, mm-hmm. I can be as selfish as I want. Yeah. I can spend 15, 16 hours in library. Nobody's going to question me. Mm-hmm. I can spend four hours in the gym. Nobody cares. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. And that's the freedom that people can use it to their best. Or 
you can use it unwisely and you can spend time in clubs every single damn day mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so it's what you choose with the time that you're gifted that's the, that's the way to put it i think you're gifted the time because now instead of having like six hours to yourself yeah. you have 24 hours yeah you do mm-hmm. truly you do have because you plan every single moment of it and if you you know actually efficiently use every single moment of it you're succeeding like kobe right <laughs> you actually yeah. i didn't i didn't use every single moment i could but i didn't have i didn't want to push myself even beyond that because i was still assimilating to the culture mm-hmm. the place the 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 dorm and everything and i want to break myself just trying to fit into my best man let mm-hmm. me take my time yeah. i took my time i didn't care about if i was failing or things like let me just like see what rolls for me do i i don't want to push myself on work part-time and study full-time sort of thing yeah let me settle down see what it is this is the first time anybody from my ancestry has done this yeah, so yeah. let yeah, me like, relax a bit yeah it sounds like really scary is going completely yeah. different area yeah, yeah. but <clears throat> it's good that you took your time with it right and probably mm. time management was i don't know i can imagine it being difficult right mm-hmm. trying to get into a routine because now you're at a point where you know you're living by yourself you could do whatever you want like you said whenever mm. so you planning your day and everything i don't know getting into the groove of things is probably mm-hmm. difficult yeah yeah it's, it's almost like and also it's also tempting to just like have fun and just mm-hmm. watch movies you know mm-hmm. and eat so like it's important like that's so much harder to like to restrict yourself when there's no one else telling you you shouldn't do that yeah right because it's just like it's right there and your friends are doing it mm-hmm. yeah. but you just got to go home and you got to study yeah <laughs> right for the next exam so yeah. it's important i think to have the self-control that's true. Yeah. And I, I think that brings, I think I just remembered that it brings me to a point where I realized that there are two types of people in medicine. Mm. Mm-hmm. Ones who work hard to succeed and ones who don't have to work hard to succeed. Mm-hmm. That is as it is. There are people out there who have photographic memories yeah. and a born genius and they don't use their hardworking skills at all. Mm-hmm. It's like flexing a muscle. They don't have to. They already are built yeah right and so these guys if you follow them and they have bad habits of going out or whatnot or drinking all night and then having a hangover at class whatever it is mm-hmm. right these guys are not a good role model for people who are hardworking class or not born geniuses mm-hmm. so don't take them as a good role model mm-hmm. take those who are actually hardworking and it took me a long time to find people who are actually hardworking like that and you got to surround yourself with people um, who resonate or vibrate what you vibe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like if you are a hardworking individual and you're stuck around with a lazy guy, now you're tending to become a bit more lazier. Mm-hmm. Right? You're like, I don't have to work that hard. But if you surround yourself with hardworking individuals, you're like, I got to keep up my work mm-hmm. or else I'm going to slip behind. And you do do that. So the time management, the key thing is you are given time and you will learn through through one way or the other in your life, and this is for every single person out there, you will one day learn how it is to live your own life once you step out. Mm-hmm. Once you step out, you will know that 24 hours are there. It's up to me how do I use it. Yeah. Simple yeah. as that. Yeah. Was it difficult to make friends? <sighs> much easier than U of A. Much, really? much easier. For me, at least. I found that U of A was like cutthroat competition. Every single body who wants to going to medicine would not give a word about what they're doing or how to succeed in life or how their MCAT went well or bad or whatever it is. It's like every person I saw was in a friend's group with, uh, you know, some sort of like a strategy, a study strategy. Hey, 
we all are going to take Google Notes for this class, and everybody's mm-hmm. going to write down whatever we can in a single document, and we're going to learn from that. Capish? Yes, sir. And then that's how it was, right? So, mm-hmm. um, but here it is more like everybody is a range of age from twenty to all the way to forty-five. They have lived different lives, yeah. different experiences, and all of them want to be a successful doctor. Mm-hmm. There is no need for us to fight each other. In fact, they encourage us to talk with each other as much as we can, because the people who are less skilled in the twenty-year-old range—not to you know demotivate them—but that is the truth. Twenty-year-olds are less uh, skilled or like you know um, experience experience in their life than the forty-five or thirty-five-year-old who has been a nurse for seven to ten years of their life. Mm-hmm. You can learn from their skill set about practicality. Whereas they can learn from your theory because you're really smart to be here in 20 years old. So they both exchange and you both become a better doctor. Mm. And that is how the medical community is there and here and everywhere. Once you're in medicine, it's different. It's completely different. It's like mm-hmm. nobody cares about grades anymore. It's about doing your best because you're studying to be a better doctor. That's and actually simple. learning the skills yeah. rather than just the numbers. Yeah. That's so cool because then you're kind of like... Not only are you learning things about medicine, too, but I imagine you just, there's, like, if you're 20 and you're talking to, like, a 40-year-old, yeah. they're, like, completely different. Their mind is completely different than yours. It's probably really interesting to talk to somebody like that. Yeah. And I'm assuming you're meeting people from, like, other parts of the world, too, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Surprisingly, out of the 25 international spots, 20 was Canada. Wow. Oh. Yeah, that is how competitive Canada is. That everybody got rejected and just trying to get in as much as possible. One guy was from U.S. Texas, another one for Singapore, a few from Singapore and Sri Lanka. I uh, know, not Sri Lanka. So yeah, so just a few people from around the world. This batch was the most Canada-centric I've seen. In my, I mean, they have seen it in a while. Mm-hmm. A lot of them from Toronto, so they got the Toronto gang going. <laughs> yeah. uh, Vancouver, they got a good gang going, and then. Alberta, that's maybe two people or so. Mm-hmm. So, just like a low-key Alberta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the whole thing. But Toronto is pretty fascinating. Yeah. yeah. They're like, you you know, having a New York buddies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 that vibe over there. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, true. it's pretty cool that way. That's so interesting, like, like masters. I haven't thought about that because, like, in undergrad, you're always thinking about getting the best marks so you can apply mm-hmm. to whatever. Or even, like, getting the best degree so you can have a good job. Mm-hmm. But it's like, in masters, it's like, it's it's less about that because unless you're going to a PhD, which is still important, but like it's more about what you learn and how to apply that to real life. Yeah. Right. It's and just, like actually learning the skill for your career yeah. rather than just like you know knowing the stuff yeah. for like just for the, the test. exam and then yeah. you're done. And then, I yeah. think that that was the hardest thing for my parents to understand mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I don't have a mark for me to report to you. Yeah. For the first time in twenty two <laughs> years, twenty three years. I don't have something to report to you to tell you how good I'm doing. Mm-hmm. If I'm in this degree and I'm going through the courses, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I'm not, I'm bad. <laughs> and <laughs> it was so hard for them to understand that I don't have a mark to give you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, for them, it was like, a, a, a what? <laughs> then, are you kidding me? <laughs> are you hiding something from me? Are you, taking, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Right? So it was so hard for them to understand. And so was it for me. Because all my life, I've been like, I need to get a number. I need to get a yeah, degree or a grade. Number, or yeah. it's the letter, yeah. I'm like, right now, I'm like, did I pass? 
<laughs> this course did I pass? I'm like, yes, you did. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I passed. That's all that matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And so uh, it was refreshing for me that I don't have to worry about marks for once. It's mm. like, let me improve my uh, skill. You know, like it's like sharpening a knife, and you're just focused on sharpening the knife. You mm-hmm. don't care about like, oh, what do you think about my knife? I, I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm just sharpening the knife, doing it better myself. Mm-hmm. I don't care about, you know, like what the grades are, what subjective it is. Um, you don't have to worry about all of that. And that was the most relieving part for me. Mm-hmm. For me that I can study and it goes to me, not to yeah. you. It mm-hmm. is for me. And that is that is yeah. refreshing. That's like, cool. That's really like uh, liberating for me. So. It was hard for my parents, but it was nice for me. So <laughs> yeah. I don't have a mark, but yeah, I passed. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, like you that. passed? Like, where's yeah. the A? Like, okay. yeah. <laughs> 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 Did you want to talk about like life camp or something like that? Like, hmm? you said F camp. Yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What is that? Well, FCAP is like um, uh, uh, a club or an orga- organization in Flinders itself where we launch students to different parts of the world to do a placement in any hospital. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty nice motif and it's a, um, it's a good way for them to easily get into a city they want to and explore that place too. Mm-hmm. It's like a vacation come like, you know, um, yeah. educational purpose. So I wanted to be part of that. And so I um, applied and I became a junior FCAP officer in 2022. Mm. And part of that is uh, that we uh, sent out four individuals to India. So two in Punjab and two in South, uh, South India. Mm. And uh, the two in Punjab just finished their placement in DMC, Louisiana. And it was a fantastic experience for them. So they get to like, shadow doctors and they get to sh- see the mm. patients nice, and whatnot. Yeah. Also, explore Amritsar, explore Ladakh, and yeah. explore yeah. the yeah. neighboring cities. That's kind of cool. That's like a fantastic opportunity. So they did the marketing for that themselves. And yeah. now everybody, I think, like next year wants to be part of this camp. <laughs> so, so, and then in the south side, uh, the Tamil Nadu part, like we, we sent two individuals too, and they had a ball of a time. They went and they saw many patients and whatnot. And so this opportunity, I felt like, you know, was completely... Um, zeroed after covid because before covid it was very well established but since two years it was dead the organization was completely dead and i went in and i reignited this organization even though i have no idea about what it was <laughs> i have no idea. Yeah. i was like do you have like a you know uh, onboarding document or something like that <laughs> we have no idea what we're doing let me let me let me figure this out myself so that was a whole lot of backdrop that yeah. back people that we had to go into and like hey, do you know this uh, hospital, you know, in India? And I'm like, could you, like, get us two people to work right there or something for two weeks? And they're like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And they wouldn't respond for two weeks, <laughs> right? So it's a lot of months of, like, emailing and negotiating for these two individuals or four individuals to go peacefully. But this year, I'm now uh, the senior officer for this program. And so now I can completely just, it's all on me. So I'm like, we're, we're doing this worldwide I want to go mm-hmm. everywhere I want to launch people to whichever country they want to go to mm-hmm. and do your placement because once you experience what you can do with the least amount of resources to the most amount of demand you'll be a better physician easy you'll be like oh my gosh I didn't know you can use a stitching like that or whatever yeah. you know mm-hmm. like because you need to work in those situations so yeah and I think also I'm not sure how how realistic this is, but I feel like each country also might have their own like teaching techniques, right? Mm-hmm. Like medical techniques. Yeah. And yes. you could learn from those techniques too, yes. right? Mm-hmm. 
and also the fact that like how how much funding the healthcare has in that country mm-hmm. could yeah. could could uh, influence the amount of like resources, the, yeah. the equipment they have, mm-hmm. etc. So you, there's a lot to learn, I think. Like just it's a different experience every single time, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah. You can so, even launch people to you know Africa. They have done it before. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you go to a rural place in like Zambia or something like that, and then you're already doing you know, how to work with nothing and just treat a lot of people mm-hmm. who are wounded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very nice. And you feel like you're giving back to society too. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like the entire world, not just like where you're yeah. from. Right? Plus, you know, a lot of kids want to travel. <laughs> so <laughs> if you want to travel, it's kind of nice too. Yeah. Oh. yeah. True. Okay, so do you ever like, do you regret going to Australia at all? Like, do you ever wish that like you would rather go to a school here? Uh, close to family. Mm-hmm. I would. Um like to go to a school <laughs> close to family because it's cheaper <coughs> financially mm-hmm. right yeah, if it wasn't for the financial yeah. part i for me that australian experience is much better as to be a physician and to be a well-rounded individual than here but financially over here it would be much more easier yeah i'm assuming so, so. much easier and for me to integrate into canada it'll be so much easier there's a lot of things it's a very layered question i would say yeah yeah so um, Australia is great for me because I haven't been a, an adult all my life. I felt like this was the moment for me to be. I felt like I was truly in an undergrad program. You know what I'm mm. saying? Like I felt like undergrad was part of high school and I just skipped it. And right. It's because like, you stayed in the same house, I think, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. like when you move out and everything yeah. and it's it's a completely different experience. Yeah. You're on your own, right? Exactly. Yeah. So once once I went there and I was able to define my life and my uh, my um, 24 hours I would say mm-hmm. is that that's when I started growing up actually and like being a better uh, individual and then a better healthcare professional that's right, it, right? and th- I feel like that that opportunity would be robbed for me if I was here because then I would have come out of time mm-hmm. I would be you know right. I have responsibilities and chores to do and things like that so yeah financially again <laughs> I would say yeah, that yeah. if it were possible I would stay here if Okay. Nice. But I don't regret. <laughs> yeah, like it's so cool. Yeah. Just yeah. living yeah. in Australia. It's a good experience. Yeah. yeah, completely different world over there. Yeah. Okay. I just have one final question, which I think is a good yeah. place to end on sure. the advice one. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to those who are trying to get into medicine or just, I don't know, any or advice interested? in your 23 yeah. year old yeah. mind? Yeah. <laughs> any advice? <laughs> I'm not that way. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, I, I, again, um, you know, everybody has um, a challenging way to look at um, medicine, I would say. Everybody has the mindset that, you know, a lot of people would say against, you know, yeah, go for it. It's a fantastic career and whatnot. But they don't see the challenges that the individual has to take mm-hmm. to get to that position. And for those people who are repeatedly trying and trying and trying, um, I would say to... Um, Step back and reevaluate your choices and see if you can reach the same goal in a different way. There's always a way to reach your goal. That's Mm -hmm. my biggest thing. Like, I made into medicine is just a ridiculous statement I can make right now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I didn't think I would ever make. And it's just the the, the slimmest of chances that happened. Mm -hmm. Um, And there have been so many individuals who I've seen who have got an offer and didn't accept it because of so many reasons. Mm-hmm. And I would say f- to people who haven't applied, to people who have got an offer, to people who are applying, that reevaluate your choices and really 
see if you're passionate about it, if you can do this for 40, 50 years, if you really are passionate, then don't give up hope. Yeah. Right? Don't give up on it because it is as rewarding as everybody says it is. Mm-hmm. It is superbly rewarding because it's not. It, it's like they've given you a superpower at the end of four years that you have the responsibility and the authority and you have the power of the knowledge and now you can serve the community. I'm mm-hmm. like, this is amazing. I can serve any community I want all over the world and I can choose not to get a fee for it. It's my mm-hmm. choice. If I, if I want to serve a small kid in Zambia, I can go and you know uh, treat the ca- a kid and yeah. be like, I don't want to get paid. But now the kid is happy and the kid is healed. That's my... I felt like it's so naive to talk like that, but mm-hmm. it's it's uh, aspiring, I would say, that to think of the profession this way. Yeah. Similar to nursing. If you're a nurse, you learn a lot of skills like a doctor, but mm-hmm. how you use those skills, how you treat the patients, yeah. it's all like um, magic because no matter how much good intention you have, in Canada especially, you do not have... If you don't have a medical license or if you don't have a certification, you cannot work in any place. Yeah. yeah. And it's... You're just working for the certification. The, the medical career or anything, it doesn't matter. It's just certification. Once you have that, now you can go and actually treat the people you want to treat. So, mm-hmm. so don't lose the opportunity. And it, uh, for people who are on the brink of hope of not applying, I would say it's just as good as everybody says it is. Mm-hmm. And it's truly a rewarding career. I would say that. A lot of very rewarding career. I'm yeah. very happy with the decision I've made. You get so, to save lives, like yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Truly, that's so wild. where are you in your career path right now? I know I said that was gonna be the last question. But <laughs> I have another one. <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> <Oops. laughs> um, like, I know you're trying to become a surgeon, right? That was the initial plan. Yes. But what's the plan now? So what is it now? <laughs> Nothing. Like, and you have? Are you um, conflicted right now, or like, what's the? What's the career path looking like right now? And even if you don't know, feel free to say. I, I, I would say I'm in the moment of where I just took the bite of a, the most favorite dish I ordered in a restaurant, and I'm savoring it. Okay. okay. Right? So um, I love where I am in right now, where I don't have to make a decision of yeah. my career. Mm-hmm. Nobody, if they ask me, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> but it's more likely that I'm just exploring every single opportunity. And that's what I would say to anybody in undergrad, too, that wherever you are in undergrad or in master's, wherever it is, if you know that you want to go into a profession, seek a professional and see if you you know align with their ideologies mm-hmm. and see how their day-to-day activities are. So right now, I'm in that process where mm-hmm. I'm seeing, okay, I'm a, I love into cardiac thoracic surgery. I went and shadowed a cardiac thoracic surgeon and be like, mm-hmm. holy smokes, this is intense. I, I don't want to do this and I don't want to be on call like this. So I went and saw an interventional surgeon and I'm like, um, this is fascinating. <laughs> I don't have to cut open your heart, but still fix your heart. That is yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, uh, f- for interventional surgery, just a, <laughs> just a small thing. It's just that you um, insert a pipeline to a fem- uh, femoral vein, and then you get to fix ha- heart valves mm-hmm. in the heart. So mm-hmm. you you enter through a path that doesn't leave a scar, and you fix the entire heart. So. And it was just yeah, an awesome cool. surgery yeah. Yeah. and I really loved it so uh, seeing that was quite inspiration and I'm sure there's many more mm-hmm. so maybe I'm not uh, really into uh, um, you know gynecology right now but maybe mm-hmm. 10 years down the lane I'm like holy smokes gynecology is amazing and people are there like that and I want to do as much as exploring as I can in the next two to three years because I don't have time for you know uh, exploring after that yeah right? I need to finish the explorator first, uh, pay, uh, part right now. It's just like high school. You want to explore all the courses and see if you mm-hmm. like it. Yeah. And once you are, you know, um, before the high school finishes, which is very quick, uh, you want to know what path you want to go down. So that's what I'm in, that phase I am in right now. 
and it's the least responsibility and the most exciting. So that's yeah. me. I love that. Nice. Yeah. Okay. <coughs> well, that is all we have. I think so. Yeah. I think so. I'm good. I'm good. I'm great. Um, thank you so much for listening, and yes. thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me today. It's been a, a splendid, um, you know, experience and. I'm very honored to be part of this deep diving podcast. Yeah. I've traveled continents. Diving deep. <laughs> no, deep diving. Deep diving. Oh, <laughs> let's cut that. Cut that. <laughs> no, we're going to keep that. <laughs> diving deep. Yeah. <laughs> Will um, the worlds collide? <laughs> yeah, so we hope everyone enjoyed. Yeah. We will see you in two weeks. Two weeks? Two weeks. Stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned. Uh, we hope you are interested and learned something in this little yeah, journey i hope like because this honestly opened my eyes too this is a this, this is a really cool great. field yeah. i think it's a really cool field yeah. and honestly <laughs> i don't know i didn't i didn't find it as interesting until you talked about it yeah. and like why you actually enjoy it i think that's part of it because like once you find someone who's passionate about anything it's like then you get to you, see their passion they right? can it's make like, you passionate yeah. about their same yeah. thing right yeah, so, it's so cool. it is quite interesting and also just the whole it's motivational, and yeah. I hope it's motivational for yeah. audience members too. Yeah, it's okay to get rejected, folks. Get rejected. <laughs> yeah. Go on. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, we do have an Instagram called Diving Deep with Us, and that's where you can follow us for some updates and some cool little stories slash reels slash um, clips. Yes. And we also have a Gmail, which is also called Diving Deep with Us at gmail.com, where you can talk to us or DM us and be like, hey, I want to be a guest and we could be like, yo, let's put you on the list. Or you can DM us. Just to on talk. Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You ate that up. Thank you. Again. You always mess it up and you're yeah. doing so good today. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, bye. See ya. <laughs> See ya. Stay safe. Bye. <laughs>